Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Uh, I think I am very pleased and happy uh, that today is What's On Your Mind Tuesday. Because there is a lot out there to talk about. Uh, I have to tell you, I've been kind of um, discombobulated today because so, so much has been going on. And I really hadn't had the chance uh, to go to um, look at the news. But then as soon as I looked at it or looked at my phone and looked at a couple of things, the world seems to be going crazy, so I know there's a lot you all have to talk about. I just uh, sent a few things out there that happened today. I see that we had a another school shooting, and thank God no none of the victims uh, died. Um, uh, I'm not very pleased and happy that the perpetrator was shot and killed or he killed himself. Uh, I don't know a lot of information, so maybe some of you do. I see another Playboy, uh, another woman who's a Playboy bunny has come out and uh, 
was paid 150000 uh not to talk, um, and she wants to sue to have the ability to share her story. Um, it just seems that there are things coming from every which direction related to uh, our world right now. Uh, so, guys, I'm going to allow you to, to just tell me and talk to me and let me know what's on your mind and what you want to discuss today, and we'll get started. Uh, D, um, why don't you get started? What What's on your mind today, D? Well, James, uh, come back to me. I mean, uh, I'm outside and it's real windy, so I know it's going to be distorted. So just come back to me if you will. Okay, all right. Shell, uh, uh, what's on your mind today? Good evening, and how's everyone doing? Um, who I've been riding around and um, haven't had a chance to look at anything that was going on. I had plenty of errands to run. Um, but I did hear about the um, shooting. It did flash on my phone. Um, and just like you said, don't know where. I mean, what this world is coming to. But you know, okay, I know one thing. Yesterday evening, I saw where the brother shot his sister over the video game. I couldn't believe it. I'm thinking, like, this is, I mean, a world gone mad, and people, uh, grown folks, are having their guns accessible to these children. And this is the result of having them. Now, I don't know the details in none of the stories, because like I said, all of this just, like, flashed across the screen on my phone. I've been driving. I'm, you know, went um went out of been out of town all morning. So those are things that were very disturbing that I say is um you know, make me think what what is really happening. I mean, people are taking lives that lives are not precious anymore. And I'm thinking, how do did the brother really the brother was think? the brother was nine years old, and his sister was thirteen, and they were arguing over a video game. And okay. um, like uh, most times, we need to know that most guns end up shooting uh, people who have guns for protection are normally used against family members. Our friends, and so here's Absolutely. another indication that a nine-year-old knew where a gun was, and she refused to give him the video uh, control, and he decided to shoot her. And you're absolutely right; it's, it, it is uh, just crazy uh, the kinds of things we're going through right now, uh, and and again, uh, just a part of the normal gun violence. Uh, that is happening in our country. And we're not having responsible... Uh, Nate, what is your... Nate, what is your thoughts? Uh, What would you like to talk about today? Uh, First of all, let me say hello, everybody. Sorry, I've been out for a minute. Been working these crazy hours at Universal. Um, Haven't been aware of some of the things that's been going on, but I guess uh, I'm going to take it back off um, what the young lady just said about 
a brother shooting a sister over, over a video game and everything. Um, I guess my question would be is, okay, if you're going to have a weapon in the house, okay, that's one thing, but it's the weapon secure because when, when I was growing up, my, my dad had a 38, my mom had a 38, had a 14 shotgun, and I had a 22 rifle. But they also kept those things secure, and they also had it that we couldn't touch it. My father would lay a weapon on the table, and we wouldn't even be able to touch it. For uh, uh, siblings shooting each other over a video game, now th- this, this is getting crazy. I don't even, um, what was the ages, James? I, I, uh, I have no idea. Uh, the boy was about it. The boy was nine. The boy was nine, and his sister was thirteen. And you know, it's so funny though because I have never bought my kids any type of toy guns, no water guns, no anything. I have never bought them because one, um, I had a girlfriend of mine here in Atlanta years ago. Her son, I think he was like four or five, had shot her cousin, uh, shot shot his cousin in the head with a with a, with a uh, twenty two Magnum. And ever since then, I made sure I never bought my kids any kind of gun because kids have such a, a, a fascination with weapons like that. You know, it's, it don't take nothing but a half an ounce of pressure to pull that trigger. And when it's pulled, it's gone. But for a 9-year-old to shoot a 13-year-old, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's time to get a stream now when, when you're having that. This ain't the Wild West no more, but we're treating it like it's the Wild West. Thanks. Yeah, it it is obvious to me that we have adult people who are not doing their due diligence in and when it comes to uh securing their weapons so that young children don't do anything stupid. It is hard to try to blame the 9-year-old because um he doesn't know how to control his anger. You can't ask him uh to uh control his anger. Uh, such that you can have weapons around, or obviously you have shown violence around him that he thinks violence is normal. Uh, so mm-hmm. that that's one of the things that you know we can say about that situation. Uh, Andre, what what's on your mind today? Well, terrific Tuesday to everyone, and happy spring. Uh, I, like others, have really been uh, out the loop with the news lately, and um, what I try to do is record the uh, news so I can see it um, a little later. So one of the stories that I saw uh, before I dozed off, unfortunately, you start watching me, uh, had to do with um, the continuing saga with mailings um, out in the Austin area in Texas. Uh, That hit home to me because, uh, of course, my son and family are in Texas, and the thing of it is I I order packages, send packages to others and not let them know so that it would be a nice surprise. But at this moment, I've shared with my my family, don't send me no, no packages, and I, I'm not ordering stuff for a while. And it just, again, uh, Ms. Cheryl mentioned that the state of our country right now is just in turmoil, and it's just its almost insane of all the stuff that we have that's going on. And uh, it, it's causing us to pause and do things differently just because of the environment that we're living in. And that's unfortunate because, you know, it's, it's nice to just drop a person um, 
a little gift or something in the mail and let it be a surprise to them and, and that type of thing. But uh, in today's age, it's, it's best that we don't do that right now uh, until we get some answers here. So um, I don't know if the guy is trying to prove that guns are not the only weapon that can hurt and kill people, um, but, you know, blowing up people uh, just when they come to your front door to get a package, um, that's, that's, that's inhuman. That's inhumane. You know, I, and I don't know any way to protect yourself. Everybody who receives a package can't call the police and ask them uh, to open it up for them. Uh, you can't just take a package uh, willy-nilly and put it in water or anything. I I just don't know any kind of way that you could protect yourself. Uh, Reverend Smith, uh, what what are we to do? Uh, I, you know, we can't just... Um, Stop receiving packages, but it is something to think about uh, when you uh, receive something that you are not aware you were supposed to be getting. Good evening to everyone. <laughs> you're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you're right. Um, I mean, it's it's very difficult, even as a law enforcement officer right now, when they are receiving an even hand um, uh, vanilla, manila envelopes, envelopes uh, stuff, they are very careful with opening those. But basically, what is what is happening, I believe, and 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 throughout from having a career in law enforcement, is that this guy out in Austin, Texas, is angry with the system. Uh, someone, uh, somebody did something to him that was totally unjust, which does not, no, don't get me wrong, it does not and it should not justify what he's doing now because he's hurting a lot of people. And once they thought it was racially motivated because the first two that killed were blacks, now the next one was a Hispanic and then a Caucasian, and he's moving, he don't give a hill of being who he blow up now. So somebody, someone, somewhere, did something to this guy, taking it out on them. I don't think we have to worry about receiving packages in this area uh, unless he decides to expand and until I hear it. But I'm not ordering anything anyway. I'm like uh, my, uh, Cheryl and Joy said, I, I'm not going to order a thing. I ain't ordered nothing. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. when, when, when you see the... When you see the a package, you make sure that you make sure that you know that you have ordered something, and then make sure also yeah. if you see that package that and, and you look at the the writing and everything else on there. Make sure it's coming from a reputable firm or place. Call your relative and say, "Did you send me something?" If no one sent you anything. You know, if I was you, then I would be alert to call. That's what the police is there for. Don't no such animal as they can, because they their their, their slogan is to protect and serve. So call the police if you're not sure about that package. But most of the time, packages are going to be packed, and there's going to be a special way that they are packed. This guy is nilly, willy nilly tying these things up or taping them up any kind of old way. And people are accepting them because they figure there's something 
for them. You know how we are when we feel like somebody's giving us something. We don't think twice. It could be a cobra, could be a cobra snake. But we feel somebody thought of me, so we jump up and over it. I received a package the other day, which were hats, and I took my time. I, it wasn't about the Austin. I was taking my time anyway because it's just the nature of my life that I take my time. At, I don't care what kind of package I receive. I take my time to look at it, look at it real well. I don't shake it up either. Like a lot of y'all like to do, pick it up and shake it, see if anything going to break or whatever. Better stop shaking stuff up inside your head. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> you just pick it up gently <laughs> and, and look it over because it's not going to go off because the person that handled it, bringing it to your house, they, if it was going to blow up that way, it would have blown up when UPS or someone brought it to you. But you can pick it up and don't shake it. Don't just jump up and shake it, please. That's all I can think I can see. Wow. Uh, uh, D, uh, we've gone through everybody. You know, it, it's amazing to me that we have three lawsuits pending on our president, uh, a, a um, Playboy girl is uh, suing for the right to tell her story. Uh, we already knew about the porn star. And uh, then, of course, of sexual harassment. Uh, again, we have the school shooting where two uh, individuals were shot uh, and the perpetrator was killed. Uh, this happened in Maryland. Uh, the officer uh, uh, went after him, so I guess they received the word. Uh, they're not going to wait, and they're not going to stand still. They're going after these people. Uh, so, um, and then the bombing in, in Texas. Uh, so there is so much to talk about. D, uh, what's on your mind? Are you available to talk now? Yes, James, I am. And uh, there, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, first of all, let me talk about the bombing. Uh, uh uh, I am the delivery person, literally. <laughs> I am the person that delivers your packages. Um, I work with one of the companies in question. And um, uh, uh, my company has not mentioned uh, the situation at all. Um, it kind of goes to show that um, all the companies and anybody that's uh, – uh, in the higher echelon of money, have only one thing in mind, and that's the bottom line of money. Uh, so there has been no mention of the probability of these packages being on my truck. Uh, I have noticed uh, I'm the guy, also the guy that uh, that will leave the, leave the packages on your on your front doorstep. Um, there's no there's no protocol of us actually putting the packages in your hand. Uh, uh, leaving at your your doorstep is called a driver's release and uh, we use that clause quite frequently Uh, a lot of times uh, packages uh, the shipper may have more content in the box than the box can actually hold and in that respect there's a lot of times there's a lot of tape on the box just to try to hold it in place but I've noticed today that a lot of people are kind of skeptical about receiving packages. They, they just have a real hesitant 
about uh, picking up the package and uh, and just you know it's it's uh, it reminds me of the uh, DC sniper when uh, when that scare was going on people was kind of scared to go outside now uh, speaking of that and this world that we're living in I like to call it the, the bizarro world or the parallel world or Earth two world uh, this is not the world that we are accustomed to everything is crazy as crap. Um, you know, uh, and 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 in today's time now, we live in a very sophisticated world now. Even us, even us as older people, um, technology has surpassed us by leaps and bounds. Uh, we, uh, as older persons, uh, uh, it's hard for us to keep on on when it comes down to, to uh, technology. Um, you know, uh, this bomber, um, it could be a terroristic threat. Uh, Either domestically or something like that, or it could be a plot, like the DC bomb, like the DC sniper. Uh, his plot was just to try to catch up with his wife because he didn't want, um, he didn't want to pay her divorce money. He wanted to kill. Uh, so, all right. But uh, when it comes down to the shooting with the kids, uh, I am like uh, uh, like the brother Nate. Uh, we don't have any toy guns in our home. Uh, my wife and I, we shelter our kids unbelievably uh, at this current time because uh, society, in my mind, I've been a person that's been around for a minute and observing everything, society seems to be broken to me. Uh, I'm optimistic in prayer and faith, though, but right now it seems to be broken. Everything seems to be broken. Uh, parenting seems to be broken. Uh, the philosophy behind parenting. And then on top of all of that, they want to legalize marijuana. Y'all, you better fight that like 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 the plague. Don't let that happen. Because if the parents start smoking weed on the regular, then uh, that and that's gonna put the children in a compromised situation, and they're gonna grow up being just as bad off, and 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 it will lead to to harder drugs sure now. Um, and and thirdly, uh, Donald Trump, um. Uh, um, you know, Facebook now is uh, it's, it's been noted that Facebook was hacked, or they say Facebook sold um, uh, uh, accounts of 50 million people to the Russians or, or to Russian operatives or bots or whatever you want to call them, with the intent to sway in their Facebook uh, profile and their friends to see if they could sway the election in, in the way of Donald Trump. Uh, that's big news now. Uh, of course, on uh, conservative radio, they haven't even mentioned it. On these uh, evangelical uh, Christian radio station, conservatives slash, they haven't even mentioned it. And like uh, Reverend Smith said, uh, they, they will avoid talking about real issues once uh, the cloth or the, uh, or the cloth has been snatched off of them and not being exposed. Thank you, James. Appreciate the show, big guy. Thanks a lot. Uh, let me also uh, interject. I just saw that they have pressed charges against the uh, officer who shot uh, the lady from Australia. They have um, charged him with murder uh, in the shooting in the back alley uh, of the white female. So it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out, um, that this officer... Uh, murdered this woman. It'll be interesting now that it's a white female how the jury 
uh, comes out in terms of this particular case. Um, you know, we just in a time where our world is in, in, in total turmoil. Uh, our president is, has four or five lawsuits pending against him. A judge just um, ruled that a, a lawsuit against him from one of the apprentice females uh, contestants uh, can move forward. Uh, it, it's just going to be interesting how long he's going to be able to last with all these lawsuits going against him and how long the NRA can keep this grip around our neck related to uh, gun violence as these school shootings continue. Uh, so, you know, at some point, we need to wipe the slate clean and move in a more positive direction uh, that shows that we truly care about uh, the individuals who are being impacted by this craziness. Uh, so, Audrey, you know, you know, there's one. You have this statement that um, whatever you uh, accept becomes the norm. How can we continue to accept some of this foolishness happening around our president and some of the craziness that is happening around our society related to our school system? It's imperative that we speak up and we speak out. Uh, it's not enough just to hear that it's happening and, and, and voices. We have to make sure that we take an action, uh, expressing our concerns and making sure those who are in position are listening, hearing, and acting upon what we're requesting. And, and let me go to you, Reverend Smith. You know uh, our president has suggested when he spoke to one of the dictators that we should follow in that dictator's steps and make the death penalty uh, a possible sentence for drug dealers. Uh, you know, do we now want to become like these dictatorships where we kill people first and find out the truth later? <laughs> Are you there, Reverend Smith? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, but we have been through we have been through that era. We really have. Where they try to jail everything that comes along and in reference to the drug situation. We we we've had the, some of the harshest penalties in the world. Um, except for like Turkey and other places in Turkey you you do something with your hands, you have to steal, they cut your hands off and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm just saying um, it's it's sad that no one is coming out and saying, none, neither party is saying anything about the idiotic things that this man is coming up with here. I, I'm not, that's in your, this is why I guess we are talking about um, what's on your mind Tuesday. Because this is it's all crazy. Everything is crazy. But you can't, if you give a, a person a death sentence for selling drugs, you're not even touching the individuals who really behind the selling of the drugs. They know that. They know that. They knew it when I was working undercover out there. 
And the things that you find out out there, they cover them up and tell you to shut up. They really will. I know that for a fact. I know many reports that I turned in about white business people. They disappeared. I worked on the TV show Miami Vice for three solid months and found out I was working on the cover on the Teamsters. Found out all kind of stuff that I wasn't supposed to be able to find out, but I found it out on, on individuals such as Don Johnson and other ones. They, that report has never surfaced. I found out why they were having the riot in Miami. That they said that the white guy uh, um, uh, the white policeman shot the black guy, and and it was not that the white the black guy was selling drugs for the white police officer, you know. So they are not looking for the truth. They are looking for ways to just get by and make it be for the lowest, as quote unquote, the lowest class of individuals that they can come up with to take the blame. Now, our jail is going to be running over again if they get this. But there's no way in the world. I just don't see them allowing the death penalty. All of a sudden now, all of a sudden, because it's in the suburbs, and most of the people that are dying from the drugs are white, we are all up in arms about this. But all of my years out there, it was the blacks that were dying from heroin. It's the same identical thing. Or opioid is an opium. It's all come from opium, opium poppies. And, and now they're getting all carried away with it because it's killing their white suburban kids. And to make it a death penalty, that's out of the question. If they do that, we've lo- we really have lost it. We they're going to turn then again to the inner cities and to the Mexicans. The Mexicans are not bringing all that stuff in here. The Mexicans mostly bring in uh, marijuana and stuff of that nature. The Chinese, the the Asians, and other people are bringing in black tar heroin, and 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 the Cubans are bringing in ninety percent of the cocaine. They know this, but they don't talk about these things. They only talk about the little. They should never change the sentencing. They should change the sentencing structure. And I think it was D that talked about the marijuana. Can you see a child and you can't stop them now. You've legalized marijuana. And you're going to see a child who can't hardly get his lesson in the first place and you got him. He's going to be smoking a joint on campus. You can't tell them they can't smoke a joint. You let them smoke cigarettes and everything else they do out there. It's, it's, this is a crazy world, and only God can change it. Only our prayers and God can make a difference. Go ahead. Cheryl, it Thank is you. obvious that um, we're going to have to really take uh, what's going on in our world serious and make some serious adjustments. And just like Reverend Smith says, I can't understand how you're going to have the ultimate punishment for a person who has not done the ultimate crime, how much drugs do I have to sell to get the death penalty? Uh, do we want to have that kind of flexibility going on in our court system? You know, we got, just like you said, um, you know, with the police um, system, 
you know, being in New Orleans, they just were known for being corrupt. I mean, low down. And it was all in front of your face. You knew how they covered up things. You knew what the reports were going to say. I mean, you knew all of these things, and it had nothing to do with the real situation. So, I mean, we've been having that going on, you know, and it's hard for innocent person to dig themselves out or to tell the truth, especially once it hits the media. You're going to run with the story that the media, because the truth is not going to go as far as what the media is going to start to tell. And then people are going to start discussing it as if they knew what they were talking about because of what they read, not what they know, and not because they were eyewitnesses, only because of what the media is saying. And, you know, when I was saying about violence that is running so rapid, and, I mean, with these young people, James, did you not hear about the 16-year-old person in Florida beat his friend to death? with a baseball bat over a girl? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. I just read about it. Yeah. I mean, look at the violence going on. And a lot of the violence comes to because of the economy, because of people struggling, because of the programs that's being taken away, you know, because of young kids having kids. They're not ready for it. And the decisions that they're making are not responsible decisions. You know, just like the um, the little girl who was beaten to death by her, um, what it was, the, the mother and the step, um, and the mother's boyfriend or something, and the, and the guy yeah, the is crying boyfriend. in court. Crying in court. And this should not have even been. And just like it was said, all heads need to start rolling. Everybody that was reported, the hospital, the doctor, everybody, everywhere this child went because the child spoke up and said, this is what my mama says, but this is the truth. Heads ought to start rolling. Find everybody who breathed in that situation ought to be sued and something needs to be done with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just innocent people are dying at the hands of violence, at the hands of drugs. And a lot of it has to do with the economy. Everybody's trying to make a dollar the best way they know how to do. Or we don't have time to raise our children. The streets are raising them. We got to do better, y'all. We have to. We got to get out there and spread the word. We got to get out there and capture everybody that we could, and we got to do it by showing them love. Well, I have been saying for the longest, Cheryl, that we need to have a curriculum that starts in the elementary schools related to humanity, related to humane treatment, and it needs to be taught, taught and required. Uh, in elementary school, it needs to be taught and required in um, middle school, and it needs to be taught and required in high school. 
and they need some of it in college. Because people need to truly understand that when you take a life, there is nothing you can do about it. You can't wish it come back. It amazes me how many people, I wish I didn't do it. I wish I had died instead. You can do all that wishing you want to. Once you do something so grotesque as putting a gun to somebody's head or slicing their throat or putting poison in their food, whatever it is that you did to uh, create an environment for those people's demise, you can't take it back. And so we need to be teaching some kind of humanity or being humane, talking about just bullying, we need to go beyond just bullying. These people are killing each other, and there is no excuse for there not to be some kind of curriculum that helps people to understand that it is wrong to take the life of another. Uh, Andre? Uh, yes, uh, that's a true statement. And I am. That's a true statement, but we have to identify how best to approach it. And I think um, that Cheryl is right on point. We have to do so in love. But it's very important that we get the message across uh, for each action and decision that we make. There are consequences that go along with it. And, um, you know, where are we, whereas a, a sister and a brother can get so upset with each other playing a game that I decide that I can take your life or not. Come on. You know, we have to put something in place that um, help us to understand how to respond. We may get angry, but how do we respond to that? What What are we showing? What are we teaching? What are we um, expecting? And, um, Dee, I applaud you for the steps that you're taking because in this kind of environment I could only see those being the kind of steps that I would be willing to take. You know, you cannot precious gift and subject to it to happenstance. And uh, right now we see that um, there are just so many people out there with such anger and animosity in their hearts uh, that they're willing to do some of the most cruelest things in the world uh, to each other. But James, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's and, and refreshing that you say that. Um, but let, let me elaborate on something that you said a, mo- uh, a moment ago first, and I'm going to come back to that. Um, when you said uh, there is no excuse for us to not die, uh, for this nation not to have the curriculum of humanity, in our classroom, because I know when I was growing up, uh, humanities was uh, was a one of the tasks that you could take, or homemade, or workshop, and stuff like that. Now, now uh, the the, uh, the option of humanity is not even on the table, but there is an excuse why it's not on the table, and it's, it's prison for pay. I think that that uh, that. Realization is just as real as the gun lobbyists, because if if I, I can't think of any other reason why that would not be part of the curriculum, the only that only only because if in 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 due time people are going to end up in jail, 
and there's money to be made with the body count being in jail. Uh, yeah. When it comes down to the position that my wife and I have taken to be uh, ultra protective of our children, um, you know, for the lack of a better term and, and, the, and the lack of a better sense of the word, it's really just not a good time to be having kids. And I know that it's kind of cruel to say that. Uh, it's kind of insensitive to say that in, in the eyes of God. And I kind of regret saying that, but when I do say that, it it, it comes out of my mouth um, under a rational, uh, on boots on the ground kind of mentality. Um, uh, so, yeah, we have to shelter our kids until something better is done, and and. You know, when y'all hear that coming out of my mouth, it sounds like, well, why, why would he say that? But I say that because of the same things that y'all just said 30 seconds ago. It's crazy as hell. Everything's just crazy, crazy, crazy all across the, all across the board. And so, so uh, I, I, and I'll message him, James, and I hope, uh, you know, uh, sometimes we get a little bored and, and we go to our message board and we start messaging one another. And one of the messages I sent out today was, uh, what is it going to take? What is it going to take to get everybody to just want to do this? Because I think we're at a point now that we got to be shaken so bad, Lord, that we just got to want to do better all across the board. And and, and there's only 10 of us on this phone that, you know, that, that participate most of the time. And uh, we know that we are in a in a predicament, and then we got the 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 character of the Antichrist in the White House. They just all hell men and just burning down the house figuratively, if not literally. You don't know what he's gonna do. Not time to get close enough to him. So um, it just you know it's, it's kind of bad, but I'm an optimistic person, Miss Audrey. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you, man. All right. I need to, you know, coming to you, uh, you are one of the youngest on our panel that talks the majority of the time, and it's just seeming like we are, things are becoming uh, chaotic uh, when it comes to our children. Uh, here we're talking about a young man, and I got to go read up on it, who, uh, has fallen so deeply in love, he decides he wants to beat his best friend with a baseball bat. Then a young a nine-year-old shooting his sister. It seems though there we have to be teaching our kids how important it is to love one another and care about themselves, even outside of your family. Is if it is when we see a person in distress, we ought to be summons to help that person and it doesn't have to be your neighbor or your um, your family member to render aid but yet we have everybody who loves supposedly loving each other willing to kill each other you know the sad thing about things like this here we always we um 
instead of being proactive, we always reactive. And it's trying to and it's trying to be proactive and you know, especially like with with the um with the violence at an all time high, you know, my question is, um, being me being a man and everything like that, what where, where the fathers at? You know, are are the fathers are teaching um these young men because the majority of the violence are coming from the men, from from males, um, how to um uh, how how to take um disappointments and how to uh to be able to accept disappointments and go on and everything. I mean, fathers need to be need to be in the lives so we can be more of an example. Like with me, uh I talk to my kids. I talk to them about um being overseas. I talk to them about war. I tell them how it really is because there's no glory there's no glory in that. You know, even though what I'm I'm doing an honorable thing, but I'm letting them know that the actions of war itself is not an honorable thing. I mean, uh it's not honorable. It's not like a video game. You can shoot somebody and hit the reset button. I let them know what a weapon can do. I let them know what is the consequences of it. And I think this uh, is just me per se. Um, need to up up the ante and show society, show these kids what you know are not just not, not just the consequences of what you're doing, but showing what they're doing. I have a daughter who wanted to. Um, um, and y'all gonna think it's a little bit extreme, but she was fascinated um, with guns at nine years old, and she wanted a twelve gauge. So I went out there and showed her what a twelve gauge can do, and she don't want to touch a weapon. And I'm so happy that she don't want to touch a weapon because it's too easy these days to pick up and just. We're talking about children, we're talking about children, our, our, our future, and we just got to get to the point. It said out a set a red alert alarm. Said enough is enough. Let's save our children because they are being raised in a war zone. On TV, it's in society, it's on social media, and we're conditioning these kids to make it acceptable to be this violent. And and, and the reason why they're being conditioned for to be violent, a lot of the times they're seeing it at home as well. They're seeing a disregard for life. They're hearing it in conversations. But nobody wants to take the responsibility or the accountability to say, you know what, as parents, as adults, even when I was growing up as a kid, if I wanted to talk about I was going to beat up somebody or shoot somebody or anything, my mom and dad had to straighten me out, straighten me out. The neighbors did it. Then they went back and told my mom and dad what I was talking about doing. We need to get back to that village mindset and start taking care of each other. But today it's so it's so jacked up because – we got people, we got babies having babies, and when you're trying to tell somebody kid right and wrong, then the parent mad. They upset. They don't want They don't want to sit here and, and, and look at you and say, you just watch it out for my child. That's right. They'd rather, they rather sit up there and start a full-blown argument. I have seen fights over stuff like that, and that's the example that our children are seeing. So at the end of the day, this stuff is our fault as parents, as a whole, not individually. As a whole, as parents, we bear the responsibility, and dads, you know, how I got my 25-year-old son with me right now. Right now, he's living with me, getting himself straightened back out because he said he want to do, he want to get himself straightened. I said, well, come home, son. Come home. I said, don't worry about nothing. We got this. Where the dads at to sit up here and, and sit on the street smoking beer, smoking weed, and everything like that while their children are being taught unnecessary lessons? But they don't want to teach their kids the necessary lesson. They don't want to teach their kids it's okay to take a punch. It's okay to take a punch, but I need to teach you how to get back up. 
We don't, we don't want to teach that stuff until it's too late. There was someone a child laying out there in the street. Now everybody want to call bloody murder. No, let's set off the alarm now. For any other child dies, for any other child gets shot, for anybody else get hurt, let's set the alarm now and set a president and set a standard and say this is not acceptable. Thank you. It is important that we recognize that you cannot promote violence in your home and think that it is not going to find its way out of your child into the the social public, into the public. And that's why there are too many people out there preaching violence or displaying violence to their children, and now it is making it uh, into our society. Uh, so, D, we, you know, you know, again, it looks like we're reaping what we, what we uh, deserve because we are allowing these kids to see this violence in their home, and we're not creating an opportunity for them to see a different way. There are a lot of people who don't live like that. I haven't lived like that. I can tell you honestly, I have never, as an adult, I have never put my hand on a woman. I've argued with women, but I've never put my hand on a woman, and I'm not going to put my hand on one. And uh, I don't uh, go in the street looking to to create fights or to create animosity or to create an environment for uh, destruction. Uh, So at some point, we as Americans have to realize that we have uh, allowed ourselves to get into this a quagmire of violence, and we have to seek a way out. D? There's Dan here, and, um, you know, um, I'm kind of at a loss, but not really, but uh, I'm kind of looking for words. And it's kind of strange for me. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, we were talking, you know, uh, a few days ago, uh, we were talking about how uh, honesty seems not to hold mirror anymore. And, and so uh, when it comes down to uh, the next election cycle, and I keep going to that because I'm kind of perplexed. And knowing uh, what, it, what, it, what is it that we're in for uh, going forward? Uh, what is the next wave of politicians going to bring to the table to try to right the wrong that we that's been done to us? Are they interested enough in trying to bring enough to the table to where uh, we can make sense out of what has happened to us and, and keep it from happening again? And get back to some normalcy in this world, especially in this country. So uh, that's that's my thought on 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 this Tuesday. Uh, who's who's coming up? Uh, are they paying attention enough? Do they care enough? Is not is it always about the money? Can it be something about uh, about the people as opposed to the money? Do they care enough to let that be the case? Thank you, James. And, Andre, you know, when we uh, commit so much, uh, when we commit so much to profit, where where are uh, corporations who want 
you know, they're always telling us we need smarter individuals coming out of high school and coming out of college to work at these jobs. But we also need people who are mentally strong enough to deal with the perplexities of life. And we want our, them to have good mental health. So why aren't our corporations uh, focusing on mental health for our young people as well as uh, them being able to count and them being able to do science? Well, I think our uh, corporations are partnering with schools. Uh, that ownership of uh, school age uh, students, you know, um, we can, the, the companies can incorporate uh, partnerships and, and execute that way. Um, but the ownership is, of taking the lead, I think, will be the school system because of that age group. Now, I tell you what the companies do for their employees, adults, as it relates to mental uh, capabilities. We have um, what we call the Employee Assistance Program, whereas it's a service in which they can uh, seek help for the first three visits if it's counseling that's needed. Uh, that's provided a free of service. And then, of course, following that, they receive a, a, a discount on the uh, services that's provided. So we recognize the importance of, of proper, proper mental health. And, uh, you know, we have to get past the stigma, if you would, especially in our society, of mental illness being viewed as negative. Uh, I don't see it like that. I see it just like any other illness in which you have to get stronger and strengthen yourself. Uh, I can only imagine if uh, I was limited by my mental capabilities, but I wanted to do. It's just like uh, our ancestors and some of our seniors, uh, citizens who are experiencing Alzheimer's, you know, that's a that's an illness that takes over, and it's not like the person don't want to remember or do better, but they really can't. So you're right, the mental capability in our young people is important. Um, companies can partner with the school system to incorporate that as part of their curriculum, but the, the companies have the responsibility, I think, of making sure that their employees have that option to seek the necessary help for not only themselves, but their families. And Reverend Smith, you know, you got to know that that display of anger that that boy, that nine-year-old showed against his 13-year-old sister was not the first time that he's displayed anger. And so parents need to be prepared to deal directly and seriously with the anger issues that their children have. I agree with you, James, on that part, uh, but most parents are not really paying that much. Most of the younger parents, anyway, a lot of the parents are not paying that much attention to their children. Uh, I heard it being spoken not too long ago that, uh, you know, most of the parents that really are scuffling out here in this um world trying to make ends meet and give their children a better home, they're too busy trying to make an extra dollar. So they got two or three jobs, maybe some of them, and a lot of times the father or the mother is not around. Uh, and it makes it very difficult. And uh, I think I told you guys this story before about this young man that I used to teach in the DAP program when I was on a sabbatical for my undercover work. And 
this little boy was angry at the world. He would not say one word, one word in the class. He was in fifth grade, but he wouldn't say nothing. But every morning, like Cheryl said, I think it was Audrey or Cheryl, every morning I would go and whisper in his ear, I love you. And every morning I'd do the same thing, I love you. For 17 weeks I did that. And when it was time for me to graduate the class in the drug abuse or resistance education class, that little boy started crying like I don't know what because he didn't want me to go. Holding me around my legs Talking about I wish you were my daddy I'll never forget that long as I live I wish you were my daddy So the parents at home Are not saying those words Even today Old as my daughters are My sons I tell them I love you I say you're the greatest thing Since sliced bread Or before sliced bread Or whatever I make them feel like I'm, I'm serious about it though and that's what we need to do more of in with our children. Anger is taking over the world. Anger. Anger is because somebody looked at you wrong. The churches are just as bad. They're worse sometimes. You see people, instead of listening to the sermons or whatever, they're in there whispering and pointing at other folk. And all, you can tell, we can see it from the pulpit. You all can't see it from where you're seated sometimes. But we see the whole congregation. We know who's listening and who's not and what's going on. And the sad part about it, if you're not going to do that in church, in the house of God, well, you think you're going to do it at home? And these kids are watching you. These kids, like monkey see, monkey do. These kids are watching us. They watch us all the time in everything we do. And that's what D and Nate was saying. That we got to do better. The young people today, the only thing they're worried about, I don't know what the men are worried about because there are few young men that worth a hill of being anymore. But the older, I mean, the women, they're worried about their they they're, they're, they have their nails and their pedicures, and the children can go to you know where. And and that's sad. I'm not saying all. I'm generalizing people, so don't don't send me no emails cursing me out. But I, I, I'm serious. It's sad that we are doing this to our children. We're doing this to those that may not even be our children. But they are around somewhere watching. That person probably started out, and they could have started out, admiring you. But after they began to see what you're doing, what the heck do you expect those kids to do? Because they say, oh, well, Pastor Smith did it. I, anybody, oh, shoot, I can do that or whatever. So I, we all, it ain't about what your title is. It's about what your life is. Thank you, James. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. So I should 
Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? Um, as we all talked about in this, well, as we all discussed this evening about the so many things that's going on, the violence, the um, dealing with our president, um, how we can help our younger generation, but also how we can help parents to become more knowledgeable. Um, I, with my mother right now, is in the process of trying to find a building um, to be able to use as um, a ministering um, to people to help educate them on some of the things of life skills, um, teaching them finances, teaching them um, to be more calm, you know, different life skills. And I think that, you know, that we should be able to go to our churches um, because Mm -hmm. it is going to be very difficult to implement these classes into our regular school um, system to do it within our church where we can find um, individuals to be able to lead these classes and to help um, those individuals that are in need because they're seeking for things. They just don't know where to find it and what they're actually looking for. But once we make it available to them, then they'll know that that's something that they need. And for the ones that don't need, that we can go out um, within our community and be able to bring them in. But that's something that um, we're working on right now to help better, you know, individuals within our community. Because like I always say, whatever we're doing, we can always do more. You're so right. You're so right. Uh, D, what is your final thought this evening? Well, my, my final thought is... Uh... You know, um, I, I, it, it always cracked me up, man, when you use the word "win" in, in a quagmire, because uh, we are exactly that. But um, somebody just enlightened me to, to take it one prayer at a time, one day at a time, and one prayer at a time. And I think uh, that's probably the best solution for us. And uh, and uh, like Ms. Cheryl said, uh, whatever we're doing, we can always do better. Thank you. Uh, Reverend Smith, what what is your final thought for this evening? Is we find ourselves in this craziness that uh, is having uh, our young people. You know, what do we do with a nine year old who shoots his thirteen year old sister dead? Reverend Smith. Oh, I'm here. I was laying up here in uh, in my recliner. So, but anyway. I was on mute, but anyway, I I I don't think we put him away. I know we don't. We should not. But knowing the way that the system think, they're going to try to maybe try to get this kid adjudicated and try it as an adult, which is very sad. Um, but my thing is, this young man needs help, and they need to look at the family structure. They need to look at the mother and the father. Why? Wh- whose gun was it? Where was it? Why wasn't it secured? And stuff like that. And my, my, my final thought on all of the things that we've talked about today, they are definitely needed, but I think Dee hit the nail on the head when he, when he said what he said. 
I'm looking at it and I'm, I, I heard it in the sermon on on last Sunday. Is Second Chronicles seven and fourteen? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and seek my face and pray, and then will I hear from heaven. You know, we've got to pray. We we really we've lost that. We've lost it. I don't care what in the homes, in the schools, all over we've lost that. We've lost it all. Even in the churches, truthfully, we've lost it. Because even people that get on their knees and pray in church anymore be trying to make make it sound like they are looking for someone to come up and pat them on the back later on. So what we've got to do is really truthfully pray out and call out to God and watch. He's the only one who can make a difference in what we're doing. We can make a difference like Ms. Cheryl said. We can. We can. But we, first of all, we really need to turn back to God. That's all i got to say. You know, it is obvious uh, that our world is in chaos right now. And we uh, desperately need to uh, do as much as we possibly can, save uh, the people that we're closest to. And if you see a young man or a young woman that needs some encouragement or some direction, it is up to us to uh, reach out to them and establish a relationship with them in order to help them move from a different world than the one they may presently be living in. We need to help people understand the violence uh, that exists in our nation and seek to try to bring our lives to a better existence. It is time for us to stop thinking and believing that it's okay for us to be killing 30,000 people a year to gun violence in our society. We've got to do better. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection as we seek to understand the things that go on in our society. Take care, everybody. See you tomorrow. Father, help your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road. That heaven might find a place in their heart. Jesus is love. He won't let you down. And I know. We've got to walk on 
walk on through temptation Cause He's love And His wisdom will be our helping hand I know the truth And His word will be our salvation Lift up our hearts to be thankful and glad that Jesus is Mm-hmm. 